0: Praise the Lord. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, there's power in a prophetic word. Hallelujah. We lit our prophecy candle. And I felt, what we need to probably explain just a few things. As the kids take off, hey, they did such a good job being in here the whole time, didn't they? Hi, guys. Have a wonderful time. Hallelujah. Advent. Let's go ahead and put this this, a couple of slides up here. Just want to, I'm going to kind of like, have you ever seen when you take a smooth rock and you throw it across the water and it kind of skips a little bit? And then it sinks. We're going to sink a little later, but we're going to skip a little bit right now. Advent. The Latin, verse, uh, the Latin word for Adventus means coming. And in the Christian church calendar is the period of preparation for the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ at Christmas. It is also preparation of the second coming of Christ. So we, we're going to take a, this, these next several Sundays and um, have a series called The Revelation of Christmas. But I want to talk about the word revelation just for a minute. The term, it's this um, apocalypse, the apocalypsis, which is where we get the word apocalypse. It means laying bare a disclosure of truth concerning things unknown, now made visible. So we'll, we're going to talk about the revelation of Christmas. But first, I just want to t- touch on the revelation of Jesus Christ, because he's the one that's come. And the revelation of Jesus is simply this. God became a man. Everybody say that. God became a man. That's the incarnation. Do you know the, uh, the whole goal of the Christian life is this idea of God becoming incarnate in you and me? That God become in us and people see Christ through us. That's a big deal. Many have a different definition for what Christianity is. But that's ultimately the goal. God wants to populate heaven with a bunch of little Jesuses. Go ahead and say, I'll be one. I'll be one. God became a man to save us from our sins and give us eternal life in Him. So this, the, the verse, I've written a song on it too, but uh, John 1.14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, And we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son of the Father, the glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, full of grace. So the word became flesh. Now, in the Old Testament, we have the definition of prophecy as foretelling primarily, In the New Testament, we have the definition of prophecy being to edify, which means to build up, to exhort, which means to stir up, to comfort, which means to lift up primarily. Both are inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to take a little look at some of the foretelling to set this up. The foretelling. How many of you have heard that Jesus... It prophesied that he would be born of a virgin. Which is kind of like, what? How's that happen? And that's the point. She gets pregnant, but she's not pregnant by a, a man. God Himself puts the seed of His life. You know the bloodline comes from the Father? The bloodline comes from the Father, so Father God puts His perfect blood in Jesus. Sinless. Life is in the blood. Jesus becomes... So we have some little uh, foretelling. For instance, the prophecy that therefore the Lord Himself would give you a sign and the virgin would conceive and give birth to a son and call Him Emmanuel. This is Isaiah 7.14. And the fulfillment of that happened. Uh, The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of the Father in Luke one thirty five. So we have, a, the, we have the prophetic foretelling, and we have the fulfillment in the New Testament. It happens with the same thing with the, Jesus being born in Bethlehem. There's an Old Testament passage, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come the one who will be the ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old. From ancient time. And when the wise men showed up and they said, Where is this uh, Jesus? It's when he had called them together, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they asked where the Messiah was to be born. And the chief priest said, In Bethlehem. And there's the fulfillment. Of course, the fact is that he was born in Bethlehem. How many of you, you know, you, amazing thing about prophetic words is you can't determine them if you're not born yet. You can't say, I'm going to be born out of... You have no control over that. But God, by the Holy Spirit, breathed on the heart of a person, wrote it down, fulfilled it years later. Do you know there's over there's over 300 prophetic words about Jesus and His ministry? There's more than that because there's types and images and all those things, but they, they all line up. Even one that says that they were going to Come out. He would be coming out of Egypt. Called out of Egypt. It says, "Out of Egypt, I called my son uh, uh, Hosea." Well, the fact of the matter is, the angel warns in a dream, warns Joseph, "Get out of town. Here, go down to Egypt and hide out." So he went down. Who would have thought that? So we have the foretelling, the Old Testament foretelling. The the one, I guess. There's many, many, many of them, but I wanted to touch one for a moment here because we know the four oh, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called it Wonderful. I was about, I don't know, Fifteen, sixteen. when I went to the, the Methodist church down in Rockingham, North Carolina, they said, We need singers. And I got up and I learned and I sang, and they brought some, some highfalutin vocalists from Charlotte, North Carolina, and they, and they were doing all that stuff. And we're all the little choir in the background. We're, we're doing all that stuff. It was so much fun. The impact, I didn't know the Lord then, but you could feel the life giving power for unto us. Here's the. There's a difference between a child being born and a son being given. There's a beautiful understanding. Luke two fifty two says, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. And later in Hebrews five seven through nine, it says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications and loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey. So we have this revelation of Jesus becoming, he's he's becoming us. He was born, but he became. A son was given. He grew up in sonship. How many of you know when it takes a long time to grow up? And Jesus became that one that the government could be put upon His shoulders. He was proven. So now let's get to the revelation of Christmas. Go ahead and uh, tell somebody next to you. Thank God He's there now. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I just meditated on this over and over and over and over. And this is what the Lord put in my heart. God partners... With ordinary people. There's Mary, Joseph, Elizabeth, Zechariah. He partners. Everybody say partners. These ordinary people in everyday places. There's Bethlehem, Nazareth, Jerusalem. Later in the story, when, when Mary goes down to visit Elizabeth, there's not even the mention of, they said, a little town. There's not even the name of the town. It's just went down to a little village where they, she lived. It's not even mentioned. Everyday places to bring eternal impact into the world. To bring the spirit of Christ to bring salvation. Using divine encounters, angels in person and in dreams, and affirming witnesses, shepherds and wise men, amidst a Resistant warfare. Herod, soldiers, the devil. Doesn't that sound like us being called? How many ordinary people in the room? Just natural old guy until the supernatural comes on your natural, you're just you. He takes an ordinary person from everyday places. I have no spiritual pedigree. I don't know from anywhere. And in in that, he says, we're going to have you have eternal impact on people. I'm picking you, and you're going to have a witness. And the process I'm going to walk you through is there's going to be some divine encounters. I'm going to have you works of the Spirit of God that come and pull on your heart and establish something. And then I'm going to send some affirming witnesses. There'll be people that show up. How many of you know if the Lord speaks to you, say, can you confirm it? And people around you start having dreams and come and tell you. Affirming witnesses. In this Bible story, of course, the, the, the biblical narrative of Jesus, you have the, the shepherds. They show up. You have the wise men showing up. And of course, in the midst of all this, no matter what the Lord's doing in your life, there's going to be a spiritual environment of resistance. People not wanting Jesus to be there. And people not wanting. And we're living in that today, aren't we? Does this resonate with you? The reality that the revelation of Christmas fits us today. Fits what we're called to be and do. And of course, we're taking this, the prophecy candle, the Bethlehem candle, the, the angel candle, the shepherd candle, and the Christ candle. I want us to, uh, where's my, well, they're there they are. I've got my um, other little eyeballs here. I want us to look real quick at uh, a little bit about the ordinary people, because it says during the reign of King Herod the Great, uh, of, the great of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah who lived in the temple as part of a priestly order of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth, also from a family of priests, was a descendant of Aaron, and they were both righteous before God, living. "...virtuously, and following the commandments of the Lord blamelessly, and they were childless since Elizabeth was barren, and now they both were quite old. And one day, Zechariah's priestly order was on duty, and he was serving as priest, and he was chosen by the casting of lots, according to the custom of the priesthood. So the honor fell on Zechariah to enter the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. And a large crowd of worshipers had gathered to pray outside of the temple at the hour when the incense was being offered." And all at once an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed by fear. But the angel assured him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing his grace to you, for I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, who bear, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. His birth will bring joy joy. Of much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him, and he will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will drink no wine and strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while still in his mother's womb, and he will persuade many in Israel to convert back and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord, a forerunner, with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and hearts of the disobedient, back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will, be, uh, he, will, he will prepare a united people who will be ready for the Lord's appearing. Now let's just pretend for a minute that you're Zechariah. And you're standing there, and this angel shows up, and he just says all of this stuff about your wife has been barren, you wanted a child, Now we're going to give you that child, but he's also going to be very special. He's going to be anointed. He's going to prepare the way of the Lord. You're going to name him John, not Zechariah. All this stuff's happening. This is what Zechariah says in response. By the way, this is the passage translation. He says, how do you expect me to believe this? I'm an old man and my wife is too old to give me a child. What sign can you give me to prove this will happen? Now, if you're an angel right out of the presence of God, what do you think? What are you going to say? He says, I'm Gabriel. I stand beside God Himself. He sent me to announce good news to you. Now since you do not believe the words, you will be stricken in silence and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and a child is born. This will be your sign. You want a sign? You're not going to talk. That's it. How many of you know negative words? Can negate the purpose of God. How many of you know this was not just a sign? It was, we got to stop this guy. He'll abort it, he can cut it off. Meanwhile, the crowd's outside. So, anyway, that's, that's that whole part there. It just blows me away. And then, of course, Elizabeth, you know, they, they um, I guess it'd be safe in this crowd to say that they, they went home and got frisky. And the next thing you know, there's a baby. On the, on the way. And uh, she says how kind it is. Elizabeth says she became pregnant within, and went into seclusion for the next five months. With joy she exclaimed, see how kind it is of God to gaze upon me and take away the disgrace of my barrenness. Let's just thank the Lord. The Lord takes away the disgrace of barrenness. And then during the sixth month, so here you have, this is basically Zechariah. Zechariah's experience. I'm going to get to, I am going to summarize some of this, but you know that Mary probably is the one we talk about the most. And of course, Mary is uh, at this point, after, after uh, Elizabeth is pregnant for about five, coming up on six months, he goes and visits Mary. And he visits Mary and says, you're highly favored. Now Mary doesn't, you know, she doesn't have the same sense of doubt and unbelief. But she still doesn't know how it's going to happen. And he says, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And you're going to bear this child. And so, Mary, then, then he says, now, right now, as a sign to you, I want you to go ahead and know that your cousin, Elizabeth, who was barren, is pregnant. And she had kept that under wraps. She had gone in isolation. Nobody knew this. So Gabriel told Mary, well, Mary lickety split, went down to see Elizabeth and spent time with Elizabeth. And the moment she walked in the door, let's get to that part. The moment she walked in the door, Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, the village of Zechariah, and Elizabeth lived. Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment her aunt heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked. And suddenly, Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given... The highest favor and privilege above all others to your child is destined to bring, great, bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside of me. Great favor rests upon you for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Prophecy. Prophecy. Not foretelling now. Edification. Stirring up. Building up. Comfort. The word, the fresh word of the Lord coming right from Elizabeth, anointed in the Spirit, speaking to to Mary. Then Mary has this big long word. I'm going to read the, but she is, it's called the Magnificat. And she unlooses this praise to God. And so she's got uh, talking about, there's a bit in there about her being uh, favored and about how God takes down the high and almighty and raises up the lowly. Beautiful, beautiful. And then you have this moment when uh, finally, the time for the full term and, and Elizabeth's going to have the baby and the baby's coming out. And um, Elizabeth says, his name is going to be John. And everybody goes, well, wait a minute, where's Zachariah? Doesn't Zachariah have something to do with this? He can't speak. <laughs> he gives, he's supposed to give me a pen and paper. He writes down. His name will be John. The moment he writes that down, everybody sees it. His, his mouth opens up and he's rejoicing now. And the first thing comes out of him, he's got this big long, praise be to the exalted God of Israel, for he has seen us through the eyes of grace, and he comes as our hero God to set us free. He appears to us as mighty savior, a trump, a triumph, a trumpet of redemption from the house of David. He goes on, he talks about how his, how John now will, will prepare the way for Jesus. Beautiful, prophetic, prophetic. There's, when you get, when, when God's birthing something, there's a release of the prophetic. So I just want to look at, uh, put up pro- this slide, Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the candle. Some versions say candle, some say lamp of the Lord, searching and examining all the innermost parts of the being. So I want to take the lesson, i want to put it in this order, We're going to take the lesson from Elizabeth's life, the lesson from Mary's life, And the lesson from Elizabeth's life, and I want us to light the prophecy candle in our own soul. Are you ready? Are you ready? Prophesy to yourself. Read that first. This is a prophetic word for you today. I don't know where you're at, what you've been through, if you've lost hope, if time has run by, if you've felt discouraged in yourself, it doesn't matter. If you feel like the time went by, the Lord would say to you, it's never too late for God to do a new thing in you. Let's go ahead and say it. Let's proclaim it. Let's proclaim, it. it's never too late for God to do a new thing in me. Say it with conviction. It's never too late. For God to do a new thing in me. It's never too late for God to do a new thing in me. Say it again. It's never too late for God to do a new thing in me. Now Go ahead and say it to somebody nearby. It's never too late for God to do a new thing in you. Go ahead and share that. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late. Now let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Would you praise the Lord with me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the fervor of the word of the Lord prophesy, prophesy. Say, it's never too late for God to do a new thing. And you, during this season, some of you, we broke that, that spirit of misfortune, that, that whole foreboding thing. And, we, and the Lord is calling us to be, put our expectation in the Lord. And during this season, during this season, the Lord says, it's not too late. I'm going to do a new thing. Are you ready? I'm going to do a new thing in you. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Let's go ahead and praise Him again. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. And of course, we take the summary of what happened. I love Mary. I just love it. She says, do it to me, Lord, according to Your Word. Let's go ahead and put this a prophesy to Yourself. This is so important. God has chosen me. God has chosen me. To reveal Christ through me to impact those around me. This is the Gospel and this is what you're called to. God has chosen me to reveal Christ through me to impact those around me. I feel like grave clothes are going to pop off somebody. You are chosen by God that the very purpose of your life is to reveal Jesus through your life and that there's no greater joy There's no greater joy. I don't think you can, look, you, your team can win a foot, you know, a nice touchdown and you can get excited, but there's no greater joy. That's not on the inside. That's like an outside emotional thing. You yay, you can holler and stuff, but when your life causes somebody else to enter heaven, when your life causes somebody to come out of darkness and into the light and come into the revelation of who Jesus is, this is what you're about. This is what I'm about. This is what we're called to be. Let's say it again. God has chosen me to reveal Christ through me to impact those around me. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Let there come a a fresh work of the Holy Spirit to stir in you. Don't go through this season thinking, Oh my, oh, you know, whatever. Just come on, rise up inside and let's say, God chose me. I've been handpicked. I've been selected. Thank you, Jesus. And then we got Zechariah. Don't put it up yet. This is Zechariah. This is a trip, man. The lesson, he will break through the barriers of your self-disappointments. Come on, just listen to me. The Lord will break through the barriers of your self-disappointments that hinder your ability to believe God can use you. I love this. He'll harness the poisonous words you speak that undermine the purpose He has with you. How many of you need to have some poisonous words as you speak and just take it out of your life? And He'll overcome your critical attitude that deflates His vision for your life. I just feel like we need to get a running start on this one. Because I feel like, look, look, look. Jesus... The Advent, we're preparing for the celebration of the Word becoming flesh. God incarnate. God says, it's just, He came incarnate there so I could come incarnate inside of you. And I want to do things in you. And I want you to know that there are things that I want to, it's not, it's not too late. It's not too late because I've chosen you and we're going to do some stuff. And we're not done with you yet. And you say, yeah, but how, but how? Let's go ahead and put this up. Prophesy to yourself. In Christ. I will overcome every hindrance that I may fulfill God's purpose with my life. Let's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Christ, I will overcome every hindrance that I may fulfill God's purpose with my life. In Christ, in Christ, I will overcome every hindrance. Speak to your heart. Every hindrance. Every hindrance. Every hindrance. I'll overcome every hindrance in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, put us in the next slide up. It's never too, let's go ahead declare them together. It's never too late for God to do a new thing in me. God has chosen me to reveal Christ through me to impact those around me. In Christ, I will overcome every hindrance that I may fulfill God's purpose in my, for my life. Let's go ahead and stand together. Hallelujah. I want us to put the last slide up. I want you to turn and declare this to the people around you. I remember years ago, years ago, I would do a positive confession. But I didn't believe it because I was the one talking. That's how low my self-image was. So answering the question, who am I? What's my life about right now? Who am I supposed to do life with? What's supposed to be happening in my life right now? All those answers, does my life matter? Is there, is there, what's the purpose of all this? Buried in the midst of this, God says, I got some ordinary people that I'm going to supernaturally endow that walk in everyday places and I'm going to release an anointing to have eternal impact and I'm going to allow them to experience some divine encounters. I'm going to cause them to have affirming witnesses show up And here's the thing. This is a really powerful thing to understand. How many of you have had to break through stuff? Now, how many of you have done this? You break through stuff, and then you go back to it. You've done that before. I want to decree something else. I didn't put it on here. This Christmas season... You're going to move from deliverance to dominion. To dominion. I think that's, in essence, what we're saying. It's not too late for God to do a new thing. What's the new thing? I'm going to give you dominion in an area of your life you've not walked in. You're not just going to be freed from the failure. You're going to be able to do the warfare to defeat it fully and completely. Somebody praise the Lord with me. And then out of that, my choice of who you are in releasing, revealing Jesus to people around you is going to take off. And every hindrance will be subdued. Would you lift your head with me right now? Let's just worship a little bit. I feel like this is a, a... a word with with a precious ointment in it to come over us. Hallelujah. Those who are going to be praying up here, come on down. And when we're going to finish this way, I want to invite each of you is with this last slide to take a few moments and the way you would do this, like I would come to... Uh, come to um, Todd here, and I say, and I'm kind of looking over at the slide. and said, Todd, it's never too late. It's never too late for God to do a new thing in you. God has chosen you to reveal Christ through you, to impact those around you, and in Christ, you will overcome every hindrance so that you can fulfill God's purpose in your life. Would you just do that, begin speaking that. Go ahead and say this, this lovely husband of yours. Keep one eye on the screen, speak it into the ear of somebody, would you do that? Connie just speak it over Amber just go ahead and then Amber you speak it I want to declare it I'm going to just keep talking it it's never too late for God to do a new thing in you Tom for he's chosen you to reveal Christ through you to impact the people around you and in Christ you'll overcome every hindrance so you can fulfill God's complete purpose for your life thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There may be some who would like to come down and say, in "In this area, I need dominion. I need dominion in this life, in this area of my life. And so we have pastoral staff down here to agree with you.